and welcome back to Book Talk. I'm Kathy Logan, and today I'll be interviewing author Vincent Penetier, the author of the historical fiction book, These Thy Gifts. You will discuss book details, Vincent's writing process, and his upcoming book. Let's get into it. If you don't mind, uh, could you provide a short summary of your book, These Thy Gifts, for our listeners, so they kind of just, like, you know, have an idea of what this book is about? Well, the book started out, um, first of all, I wanted to tell a story over 50 years. It was this, uh, it was the second novel I'd written, and I thought, well, this could be a challenge you know, to see if I can write something with a story that spans 50 years. Um, and ultimately, I came up with, with, a, with a character who uh, butts up against authority. He happens to be a young priest um, in the days when, in the 50s, when um, he had to assemble his own congregation. And even though he's a Catholic priest, this was put together in a um, storefront church. Now, there are many now storefront churches in Los Angeles, not, not many, but I know of some, um, with uh, uh, Spanish evangelical ministers. So that practice of having a storefront church is not new, but it goes back certainly to the 50s. And then from that, um, he butted heads with, uh, this is not a short answer, and I'll make it shorter. Anyhow, as an activist priest, I gradually got into uh, hot water with uh, the hierarchy. They tried to keep him down in various ways. He kept on popping up. And ultimately, the only place I, that at that time um, how I could extend the story was to send him to Vietnam and say, look, um, I, I've started out with the storefront church. I had some immigrant uh, parishioners, and the people who need me now are those guys going to war. So he becomes a chaplain. He goes to war. But um, and then after that, finally, the end of the story is he um, lives long enough uh, that the people who in the hierarchy who bothered him died. And he eventually got his own parish. But in um, this parish was another priest, a young priest who he found sexually abusing one of the altar boys one Sunday. And then he decided that that was his last mission, that he had to do something about the, the scourge of priest abuse. And that takes him to the, to the end of the book. Now, there are some surprises in this book, which I maybe shouldn't tell you. Um, to avoid, like, spoilers, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... He has a child by the widow of a mobster who's dead. The mobster's dead. Gotcha. And this child, okay. this child becomes the mother of the altar boy who is abused by the priest. Oh, oh my okay. gosh! I mean, yeah. this is not something mm -hmm. to be real. I mean, I, I'm, I told you so. So, I, but and it's but um, it's not exactly something that you want to like, but. It, That's what happens. And so he ultimately resigns and retires and and goes to live with the um, the widow of the mobster who's become very famous and wealthy and all that in the meantime. I don't know if that really helps you or if that's something you want to put. I mean, you can 
you know what? I'm all over the place, but you can do whatever you want with that. that <laughs> okay. Stuff, well, but thank you, though, for giving fine. that. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, I it's, it's like not that. a religious <laughs> story. I mean, it's not really. The, the, the uh, promos that were put together make it into some kind of soppy religious story, and it's not. I mean, there's some conflict all anyhow. Um, so that's a very rambling description of what the book's about. It basically, it's 50 years in the life of an activist priest. That's what people, if that's what people want. To also, okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you for giving, um, that really great summary because I'm already very interested in this story. And I wanted to, um, ask you because, Obviously, it's a very dark subject, um, you know, the sexual abuse that's been happening, you know, within the um, church and the Catholic church. And I was just wondering, like, what um, sort of compelled you to touch on that dark well, subject in I, your book and to, like, bring awareness to it? Well, it's it's a part of the book. It's not the whole book. But it, and the idea has always um, repulsed me. But basically, I come from a belief in the underdog. I mean, my baseball team, if we can go down that road, when I was a kid, is Brooklyn Dodgers, and they never won anything. But I always loved them, and I always rooted for them. And they won a World Series once. The Yankees won five, six, seven in a row, and I never cared about that. I always cared about the underdog. And so the idea that somebody would use their authority, their power, their size um, – and cloak themselves in religion, which would be compelled people uh, to kind of fear them and obey them. That always just pissed me off royally. I mean, I can't cannot tell you. Uh, I mean, you know, I have as soon as I discovered sex, I left the Catholic Church and didn't go to mass on Sunday. I, I discovered sex on Saturday, and Sunday was you know I didn't bother. So uh, I. That's that's why it's repulsed me, and I just felt that if I'm following 50 years in the life of a priest, the next stage would be being involved somehow uh, or being aware of, and then I brought it home by having it be his actually grandson. You know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and I um, and with that, I also wanted to ask you um, what, like, obviously because you're writing about this whole like. This, like 50 years of this priest's life. And I was just wondering, like, what was the writing process like for you to create that character and to make into like pretty much like map out his whole life? Like, yeah. was it difficult? Like, what did you have to do? You know, um, there was research. Certainly there was research about Vietnam, research about traditions in the church and uh, about how he became a chaplain, um, about the kind of relationships uh, between the wife of the mobster and the mobster and when he goes off to prison. And I had to do that research, excuse me, which I love to do. And that's what made it fun. Um, so it took a long time. And it, it was organic to a certain degree. Once you got this piece, then it led to something else and something else and gradually. And then if there was a um, – a uh, a block of some kind. Well, ultimately the block goes away, and uh, you know you find the next step. So I I was I really liked writing it more than any of the other books, um, and I really it's my favorite. And um, 
I don't know if that answers the question, but that's really, um, it was good. It was really, it was, it was a good deal. It took a while. I'm, I don't know how long. It seems to me it took more than a year or so uh, because I kept on piecing things together when I found the, the next direction, you know, the next stage. So, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not very exciting, but I mean, you know, it's what happens. You just do it. Um, I always, uh, I always wondered when the, when they do movies about writers, it's such a boring thing to do. I mean, really, how can you do something about it? I mean, it did one on, um, one of the, one of the, um, uh, blacklisted writers, and I can't remember his name. I should remember his name. I know the, I remember the actor who played him, but, I, and I just said, why? I mean, it's, you know, you know, there's no activity. You just sit there and it comes to you and it, and it anyhow, that's, okay. Next. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I always, um, I always like to ask, like, um, the authors I interview, like, what their writing process is, because, like, I hear, um, different answers but yeah i mean when you're <laughs> it is it is something so simple as like you know you just sit down and then you know you just write it out you plan out and just yeah. um right. like, see where I, it takes you exactly that's you just i have 10 chapters written of a new new novel and i really? just yeah i can't really i can't really get into it i've, I've been, it's been dormant for months now but i hope to Maybe in May get started and, and finish it. I think I've written myself into a corner, so I, that's one of the things that I'm resisting. I'm gotcha. resisting getting myself out of the corner. That's what I'm doing. Gotcha. Got to got to figure um, got to figure out how to get out of there. But um, okay. if, if it's all right, could I at least ask what um, sort of genre this book will be? The new one. The new one. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, the new one is. Um, I don't really have a title or anything yet. Yeah. Uh, the first book involved, uh, the first book I wrote, Women to Blame, involved a detective from Chicago. Um, then the third book, uh, The Scopus Factor, also involved a detective in Chicago. And this one, so far, will involve him, too. So it'll be a trilogy. Uh, uh, okay. This one director, uh, with this one um, a character. Um, and we'll see. But, but I am, I'm just stuck in a way, because it should either it's going to be about this guy or it's going to be about something else. It started actually being about, I like the fact that, that it started out being about a guy who in utero felt unloved as a fetus felt unloved and lived his life that way, uh, not allowing himself to be loved or not loving anybody else. Um, and who then has a, an affair with his aunt who's 15 years old, blah, blah, blah. That's amazing. So, I mean, I've got all this, but the, does it work with a detective in Chicago? With the bad guys being uh, a group that's now been labeled a domestic terrorist group by the FBI and, and by whoever else. Um, and that group, um, are, they're called the incels, I-N-C-E-L-S for involuntary celibate. And these are really... Heard of that. Yeah, they are not nice guys who have um, done a lot of damage and killed people uh, in the last couple of years. One guy in Toronto drove his car down a sidewalk and killed a whole bunch of people. 
and has recently been, been judged in a trial, um, has gotten, well, it's really a life sentence, but it's like, I think the way I understand it, the Canadian law, it's renewable every 25 years. So he's got 25 years, then whatever it is. I, I have, I don't know the, the Canadian justice system that well, but th- th- anyhow, the point is that they are not nice guys and they are misogynists and all that stuff. And, um, so I, that's, those are the bad guys. So, and I don't know. Anyhow. That's the book. It may come out soon or not, but nevertheless, that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. Well, I do hope you get out of that um, writer's block because it does really sound like um, an interesting book. And I just wanted to ask you um, about your other books. And I was just wondering, like, how many have you written in total? And, like, besides, because um, you already said, like, These I Guess has been your favorite so far. I was just wondering, like, out of your other books was maybe like the most difficult for you to write or maybe like well, when, not your favorite. I'm just curious. Yeah. The, uh, the last novel, um, shared sorrows was something I started. And then I wrote these thy gifts and I just didn't, I didn't have the handle on shared. And then I wrote the Scopus factor. Um, and then I wrote, um, the music of women, which is really, which is, um, a kind of, I don't know, drug addled, whatever. But it's really, um, and then I went back to Shared Sorrows because I hate to not finish something. And that was just a struggle trying to just wrangle it into, uh, into some kind of shape. And it's, it's, it, maybe it's the title. I don't know why. Maybe it's the subject, but it, it's the le- it's so the least, um, Scopus Factor is so the most. And I moved um, um, these like, gifts because the publisher that had it was not doing anything with it or hadn't done anything with it and then, then merged with um, Amazon or something. So it's now out uh, revised now. Uh, it's, the um, ebook is out on Amazon. Excuse me, another place. It's now. Yeah, and the, the, hard, the paperback comes out in June. Maybe I'm out a little too soon, but there it is. All right. Awesome. Okay. And then I think, um, so it was sharing sorrows and then do, so do you always, like, are all your books, um, fiction or did you like dabble into other genres? Cause so far I'm seeing that you write like more like fiction, like thrillers. Oh, I was wondering, yeah. like, are all your other books fiction or thrills? But, um, yeah. Shared sorrows is, is, um, a kind of a, drama about two people coming together and realizing they had a lot in common that was painful. But um, uh, Music of Women, which there's a subtitle, which I don't remember. Um, the Music of Women was actually uh, something I wrote for NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month. I wrote 50,000 words in 30 days. And that's what enabled me to write wow. all this. I was, I said, well, you know, you did this, so why can't you do that? So then after that, I did Women to Blame, and and so I decided then I'd come out with a NaNoWriMo book, and um, and it's uh, you know, it's fantasy, it's all kinds of stuff. Anyhow, well, I'm sorry, now I've gone on and on. What's the question? Oh yeah, the, oh. Non, the non then there's one nonfiction book called The Internet yeah. Financing Illusion. Now, a lot of people think, you know, 
had the opinion that you can raise money on through the internet, that there's people out there. Who, and so, um, I, uh, got involved with one of these guys because I was trying to make movies and I wanted to see if I could raise financing. So I went along with them and they apparently they found this woman. Um, called, her name was Anamika Biswas, A-N-A-M-I-K-A, Biswas, B-I-S-W-A-S. They found this woman in, 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 Cal, in um, Kolkata, which is Cal, used to be called Calcutta. It's now called Col. K-O-L-K-A-T-T-A, um, who said she had $30 billion to invest. Um, so <laughs> there were all these people, including me, uh, who submitted projects and all that. Well, eight months later, there was nothing. And eight months later, it was uh, obvious that nothing was going to happen. But it was the back, and forth, uh, the, the back and forth uh, through eight months with other people that was it was kind of interesting. I mean, she uh, was in over her head, and we don't believe she had um, any any money at all. She kept on saying she was going to sell her gold bracelets, and she was that's how she was going to finance us. Um, mm. and, and you know, this is the thing. It's an interesting psychologically. When you want something enough or so much, you don't really use logic. You just want it. And it's only going towards the um, the end where you get it, and you you just give it day after day after day after day. And we also found out she she likes to be um, kind of waltzed around by the older men in the group, uh, almost like daddy figures, you know, who would be nice to her and do this and do that rather than. So it was it was a very interesting story, and all I did basically was uh, debrief myself of what have I been doing for eight months, and that's how that book came out. And it got, I'm sure, uh, I mean I like the book, but um, it also didn't get publicized that much, and it's just as well. It's fine. I mean, it, to me, it was an experience and helped me uh, move ahead. You know. So, okay, but it's. Is that book also um, available on um, Amazon? Because yeah. for someone who could be interested. Yeah, it is, it is on Amazon as far as I know, yeah. All right, awesome. Okay, yeah, well, that is an interesting short story to share, and I feel like that book would be really helpful mm -hmm. um, to read about because it definitely, you know, comes from personal experience. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. yeah so I think, yeah. Some, oh, I'm sorry, what's that? So, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's coming from personal experience, so I think it sounds like a really helpful book. It could be. Uh, it, it could be. But, you know, everybody's experience is different and everybody's desires are different. And and also tolerance for pain and frustration are different. Some people, you know, some people would quit after a month. I stuck around for eight, so I must be a masochist, you know. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, uh, well, I just wanted to, um, so we are nearing the uh, end because I really only have um, one last question for you. And I just wanted to ask, because I always ask my, um, the authors I interview, like, if they have any book recommendations that, you know, books that they have enjoyed or authors they, um, have enjoyed. I was just wondering if you, um, yeah. had any recommendations that well, came to I, mind. I, I, I don't know about recommendations, but I mean, there are two authors who, they're both novelists who, who were my favorites. They unfortunately died within the last two years. One very young, one very old. And, um, Ivan 
Doig, I guess, D-O-I-G, I don't know how you pronounce that, but uh, who writes in Montana and in the Northwest um, U.S. It is just a lovely, I mean, some people would disparage him by saying, well, he's a regionalist. He was just a good writer, that's all. I mean, his great stories, and um, and I really enjoyed them. I mean, his first book that I remember reading about 1978 was called This House of Sky, and it was a um, his uh, memory growing up on a sheep ranch in Montana, and it's, it's stunning. And it's, anyhow, uh, the other one is Italian. Um, his name is Andreas Camilleri, C-A-M-I-L-L-I-E-R-I, I think. And he wrote uh, a whole bunch of novels, but the core um, are called the Inspector Montalbano novels. And it's in a fictitious town in Sicily, uh, it, set in probably the eastern part of Sicily, where the real town of Ragusa is located. And there's a whole, there's 30, uh, every one of his books has been made to a, a mini-movie that you can see on Amazon. Um, okay. Uh, they're really good. I mean, I like them but because I read the books, but I also like them. some of the characters are really good. And um, that's what I, I, I've, he's, I think he died in his 90s, so recently. Yeah, I just, those are two. I don't read much fiction. Um, I try to read, I'm reading a, um, I'm reading a book called The, the Bronze Bell. I don't know by a Vietnamese writer. And so I like to read that because, you know, it's it's out of the mainstream. It's out of my um, anything I know. So that's why I like it. Anyhow, that's it. Yeah, okay. And it's, um, are you enjoying the book so far, The Bronze Bell? Yeah, well, I've read the first um, 10 or 15 pages. And, yeah, it's um, it goes back way a thousand years in the history of Vietnam when it, they were being controlled by China. And uh, and there are these. Okay. And it's, it features two daughters who eventually I think will become the main characters. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that does sound interesting. I mean, I know you you just um, got into it like you're ten or fifteen pages in, but that does sound really interesting. Yeah, and, could um, be good. I do hope you enjoy the book. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. Excuse All me. Right, I well, read to the end, so I, I don't care how bad it is. I'm just I yeah. insist on reading it to the end and then tossing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, I just got just got to make sure you finish it. Yeah, I, I know how that feels. <laughs> right. Well, um, well, thank you so much for um, your time and being um, able to making time to um, be interviewed and everything. I really enjoyed it. And thank you, thank you for all the in depth answers you gave about your books. And thank you for those book recommendations and all the other um, interesting information that you've um, provided me. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was yeah. good to be here. And thanks for putting up with the uh, changes and everything. Thank you all for listening. That was Vincent Penetier and his book, These Thy Gifts, is currently available on Amazon. Be sure to check out Book Talk's other author interviews, which are both available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.